0: Oh, Count Dracula, our most sacred podcasting ancestor, <laughs> we invoke your mighty power to slither through the darkness with us, America's most spooky podcast, the pod people. I'm Matisse Van Rossum, and I'm smiling even if it hurts. That's what being a man means. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm Vampire Hunter D's Nuts, Ben Sheets. Well, that was mine. So, uh...
2: Yeah, who is Vampire Hunter D? You're Vampire Hunter Cleves nuts. (laughs) That's right, I am. And I'm proud about it.
0: Oh, man. Uh, So tonight, (laughs) we're talking about uh, Cleveland's Choice. Cleveland picked the 1985 anime Vampire Hunter D. I did. I did uh, pick that. Directed by uh, Toyu Ashida. And now, if you're anything like me, you might be wondering, what does the D stand for? Well, stay tuned, listener. We'll we'll reveal that by the end of the podcast. Uh, Cleveland, this was your pick. It was. So I'm going to
2: put the onus on you to uh, explain what this movie is, please. (laughs) Okay, so I'm running on very little sleep. Been hitting it hard and heavy with the Drag Collection, uh, The Hunt. And uh, the
0: plugs come at the end, Cleveland. We're and, talking about the movie.
2: Uh, well, I know. I, just, I have to preface by saying that, like, I'm super sleep deprived and gamer brained. So even um, if you
0: weren't, this movie would not make any more sense. I can do it well, easy. And
2: that's my point. Like, like that's, that's, that's the my point. And, I'm not making bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not making uh, defense here. It's it, it's not going to change my description very much. I think we're going to have slightly differing opinions on this one. But uh, I picked this one because I'd heard many of my peers in the horror community Talking about uh, praising it, considering it like a like a horror classic. Uh, so I figured, oh, we need to, we need to check this one off the list. And I am a big fan of animated horror in general, um, or just animated things. I'm always keen to look at some some hand drawn illustrations, in motion. Puts me in a very happy, special place. And this movie caught me off guard because I was expecting it to be a gritty anime. Was this from the 80s, early 90s? 85. 85, yeah. Like a gritty vampire anime from the 80s. And with a title like Vampire Hunter D, that was my expectation. Um, and I was, we were immediately met with these bright, vivid colors. And uh, spoiler alert, it is a vampire anime but it's also a space western and that's great uh so i was i was very on board from the beginning it has like 70s like heavy metal vibes it's just it's lots of like bright neon glowing colors and things very roger dean and no well i'll come back to that as well but it's your classic yojimbo fistful of dollars scenario or a a no name or in this case named vampire hunter Strolls into town to deal with and what's his the name? threat is d
0: so that's why they call it vampire hunter d
2: that's right, and who's d d's nuts that's the way it goes so he uh you know strolls into town to deal with the threat you've got your maiden in distress, you've got your town in distress and yeah you your villain you know and in this case instead of the the villain like you know running the the posse from his ranch or whatever where the big gun gunfight is at the end. It's a big old vampire in a big old vampire castle. Um that's very Castlevania. It's got the swoopy bits.
0: Yes, yeah. I would go so far as to say uh Castlevania was probably inspired by this film. I don't know the exact dates of when those early Castlevania games were coming out, but it definitely uh shares that that aesthetic.
2: Yeah, you know, you're right. This might have come first. It's it was close cuz like the first Castlevania is like NES. Yeah. So, I want to say So they're not too far from each other. Um, But I would say 85 is probably came first. Look at us doing our, not doing our research.
0: Uh, (laughs) Wildly speculating.
1: Editor's note. The first Castlevania game was released in 1986, one year after this film.
2: After watching it, I was I was pretty hype on it, and I still am, and I still want to defend it, but I do want to start by saying that I do think that this film is a bit of a victim of time, and I hate that, but I will, I'm just going to sit back on the couch and let y'all get your, your whatnot out first, <laughs> that I, I don't necessarily disagree with, but I will have some counterpoints on regardless, so go ahead and uh, take it away. Well, it's
1: definitely anime bullshit. <laughs> uh there's very little in terms of story to grasp on to in terms of coherence i thought i had seen this movie as a kid but it turns out i had seen the sequel bloodlust which came out in like 2002 which has much much better animation i found the animation in this movie kind of cheap looking it seems like they cut corners a lot of times let's
0: let's say to be kind
1: let's say low budget sure uh
0: because sure. I agree with you.
1: Yeah, I lots of repeated shots in a row sometimes even, which was kind of bizarre. I mentioned it after we watched this movie, but this is a movie where I almost feel like it would be better presented on like a VHS tape. Where some of the details are lost in kind of the medium if yeah, it had a and the CRT. Bit more yeah, the lo fi aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. I could give some of that more of a pass, but, you know, as is in 1080p, you really see some of the corners that are cut to its detriment, I think.
2: Before I uh, defend the points, I'm also going to chime in <laughs> a little bit um, <laughs> on the front. Because I, I, I do have a lot of positive things to say about the animation, but another, like, negative point I will bring up is the sound design a lot oh, of yeah a lot yeah. of anime from this time suffers uh, heavily from poor sound design another good example would be the the robot carnival like anthology construction cancellation order they're like katsuro Mo like oh, illustrated yeah, yeah, yeah. i did one okay. of the parts four and the rest like that it, it felt very similar in that respect where the visuals are all very bright and neon and powerful but very often the uh the mix is is quite off where the sound effects are like overtaking the music and, like, the mu- the music is, like, very quiet compared to the, the dialogue and the rest. Yeah, and-
0: especially in, like, a lot of the action scenes, mm-hmm. it almost felt like, like, lounge music accompanying what's supposed to be, like, high-intensity action fight scenes.
2: Yeah, it um, didn't work. And I, I feel... I'll I feel- go as far
0: to say as like, the Foley is pretty bad, too. Like, the-, the sound effects do not sound particularly good. The mixing doesn't help, but I would even say that, like, their their recordings are just yeah. not great in general.
2: Yeah. And with that, I, I, I want to follow into how much of an effect that can have on how you receive the animation. I, I really feel for the animators on this one because I can I can just imagine like working that hard because this whole movie is hand drawn. I want to be extra clear about that. Like we are we are spoiled with rotoscoping like Disney uh, frontiered like rotoscoping like very early on, like the scene in uh, Sleeping Beauty where like the, the knight is like running up the stairs and his cloak is billowing. Like we're so used to that. Mm -hmm. And, like, this studio, like, didn't necessarily, like, have access to those tools. It's clear, like, them getting their start, considering it's, like, 85. And I mean, it's also clear because of all the goofy proportions of the characters. Yes. And this is, like, uh, you're bringing up, like, this is, like, right before Miyazaki's, like, you know, like first big feature film. No,
0: uh, Nausicaa came before this by several years. Okay, yeah,
2: yeah. so several Um, years before. I think that
0: was in 82. This is Mm. is pre-Akira, though.
2: And what we have to understand is that when it comes to, like, Nausicaa and Akira, like, those were the films that, like, changed the game. Yeah. Like Studio Ghibli and Katsuro Otomo revolutionized the animation industry. And this film is coming out like roughly around the same time as, as these movies, like sort of sandwiched between the two, clearly by a smaller studio that's getting their start and is doing everything by hand, whereas Ghibli was pioneering a lot of a lot of new things this film was like sort of sticking to like a lot of like the the classic standards and sequencing and the rest that is not aged particularly well i think uh, a similar sort of film is the animated uh lord of the rings or fellowship of the ring it's only the first part you know that was never like made into a full trilogy uh that's rough it is it is rough and and, and i and i see them like they, they use a lot of the same tactics Um, like holding on shots, having a lot of still, you know, like material, but I personally have been getting into animation at my current job a lot, like for our marketing stuff. And I've been doing a lot of it by hand and I've been just learning in real time, just how fucking hard it is. Like I was animating a cape the other day, guys, fabric is really fucking hard. So when I see like this whole film of like hand-drawn stuff. I'm personally, like, pretty impressed by, like, some of the shots, but when the music, like, isn't really, like, giving it that that push, that extra push that it needs, it, it really suffers. I think of sequences, like, our damsel in distress character, when she has, like, her cool, like, neon electric whip, f- like, flying around, and she's, like, tethering, like, the monster, like, that opening sequence, and it, my brain goes to, like, the 1984, like, trans, or, Is it 84, like, Transformers? 86. 86. The the 86 Transformers movie, like, during that opening city fight scene where they're shooting the purple lasers at each other and, like, the hair metal is playing. Yeah. And, like, man, the hair metal does so much heavy lifting in that. It does. Like, it's like... and, (laughs) And... and like the visuals are pretty similar in this with like the pink whip, and I just wonder that like if you had had some like hair metal playing over that or whatever, like how much more this would have been enriched and enhanced. I, I don't think the animation quality is on par with like the eighty six Transformers. Like that movie has like top fucking notch. Like here is
1: well, and the thing I'll compare it to as well is like Fist of the North Star. Oh in yeah, a lot of ways, this, is, this movie is very Fist of the and North Star. If it embraced that camp a little bit more directly, I think it probably would have helped it a little bit but also i think the aesthetic is too clean and that's because it's a modern transfer
0: though i do agree that the the animation is pretty cheap i'm not super eager to like really dunk on it for a lot of the reasons you've brought up cleveland like animating is hard it's done by hand like animating an entire film like this is a feat to be proud of and i think that Despite some of the things like the wonky proportions on the characters, like multiple female characters in this movie have just in massive foreheads, like easily half the 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 size of their. Can head. Can we
1: also talk about how the main lady her dress doesn't even? Oh, go. We're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into that. <laughs> we'll like, get we'll get into yeah, that. Put that on the back burner because yeah, we're we're gonna talk about that.
2: <laughs> my
0: my point is is that I think that the cheap animation would be charming if the story and the characters were actually interesting. Yeah. If, if like there was, if there was something to connect with, I would think less badly of the sort of like cheap animation because I think it would it would provide a little bit of charm and and the sound design that we've already talked about as well the problem is is as Ben has described it a couple of times the narrative is complete anime bullshit the plot is bare bones there's a shitload of exposition that is completely irrelevant to anything. And almost all of the voice actors have the charisma of like a damp dish rag and
2: jesus yeah okay go off king
0: i say almost all there are a couple of exceptions uh the mayor's son who is just doing his best foghorn leghorn impression is is pretty good yeah i Uh, want to
2: i want to go back to him as well Uh, i I
0: like i like him he's not in enough of the movie but so much of the dialogue is delivered in just like monotone or,
1: like, bad accents.
0: Oh, well, the nasty Count's daughter... Yeah, uh, is, with her
1: terrible fake British accent. ...is doing, wh- is doing accent. one of
0: the worst British accents I've ever... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, rough. Well, yeah. well, we should, we should clarify, uh, we did choose to watch the dubbed version instead of the sub-version, because apparently... That was recorded first because this was originally intended for Western audiences. So the Japanese audio was done afterwards. So we decided to get that that quote-unquote original experience. I almost wish we had gone subbed. I think I might have liked it a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, because whoboy, Boy, especially the Count's daughter, Jesus Christ like somebody should have heard that accent she was doing and just said, "Okay, you know what? Never mind, just don't do an accent. Just speak in your regular voice. You don't need to do an accent <laughs> because it's it's really bad."
2: So, before we keep going, I want to backtrack a little bit and hit, hit a couple of those points. The first being um like and where I where I disagree a little bit is I don't like just just using like the word cheap because there are some shots that I do think are like incredible and they do speak for budget especially for the time the snake ladies the the sequence is like whenever our character is like first like entering the castle and like going through the corridor with all the weird creatures in it i love the designs in this movie d's like broad-brimmed hat and, and like coat uh is and like long sword uh and his horse is so cool the big pink skies as well like Artistically, there is a lot going for this movie. The references to like Roger Dean's work, in particular, are amazing. Like the horse that D rides on, just is like uh, one of Roger Dean's designs. Like like the the back behind legs, like the the mechanical like construction there is identical. I adore that. Like, it's so heavy metal. There are a lot of, like, really gorgeous shots in this. Uh, the opening sequence uh, with the Dracula figure and, like, the, the, with the knight flashing and his red eyes appearing, like, it looks great. Like, it, it's really gooey and just colorful and delicious. And especially compared to, like, so many other, like, gritty films that, like, you know, like, take that gritty approach with vampires. I really appreciated, like, the, the vivid aspects of it. And two, I'll say that I think the plot... On top of that is also not the problem. Yes, it's very anime, but, like, in a lot of the same respects as, like, old, campy westerns, and, like, spaghetti westerns. The characters, like, are are relatively flat. The buildings in in those westerns are fake. And there's a lot of appeal for that in me, like, like, when it plays out like a stage play. But here we have, like, a stage play with these really cool, vivid, incredible sets, set pieces. I don't mind a story that is, like, pretty straightforward. Bad guy in castle, you know, maiden in distress. I don't have a problem with that if I get to, like, just enjoy the ride and be along for it especially when the the genre is already so fucking esoteric like we have space cowboy vampire movie that's already really wild and to do that and then also like get into like weird like nitty-gritty lore would take me out of it i think now here's what i'll say i think the reason the biggest reason you you touched on a little bit why you were using the word cheap which i don't i don't like to use is to do with the proportions and the, the characters Which takes away a lot, and that's not uncommon in early anime, where the backgrounds, a lot of, like, the action sequences are all, like, top-notch, but our characters' faces look weird, and we're very particular with faces. Your average person is more likely to identify, like, what's wrong with a face, and those details, and it was particularly apparent in shots where we're looking down at a character and, like, the perspective isn't just right, Um, and so, like, their forehead appears, like, super large or some characters like the vampire princess like her her forehead is just like stylistically large as well it can throw you off a lot but like even like the original like manga for akira is like that the windowsills, like, four blocks down are, like, fully illustrated and worked up. But our characters in the foreground, like, have, like, really quickly drawn faces. Just to service it to get by. Because your options at the time, too, were, like, were very particular. You could either spend a lifetime on it and hit Uncanny Valley or just get it through quickly, you know? And, like, have it, like, just get the gist and follow through on it. And this is a just, a just the gist, you know, sort of situation with animation. And there are a lot of lessons that, like, needed to be learned here that, like, clearly the studio, like, didn't necessarily have time for. But there is so much here that, to me, does say budget. Like, there is so much here that does show competence, but not everything. And the problem is that a painting is only as good as its worst detail, and so we hit those points. But I just, I really want to, like, bat for the other aspects of this film that just fucking nail it. And, again, I think its legs are really cut out from beneath it because of the audio design and the voice acting and the rest. And that, that really put an effect on our perception of it. But if you remastered the audio, I'm telling you it would give a very different impression.
0: I think it would help, but I think there's a lot of other issues that need to be addressed. Like, outside of the faces thing, like, another big proportional issue I have is with a lot of the male characters, like D and, like, the Count, they have extremely broad shoulders, but very tiny, dainty feet that they keep right next to each other all the time, leaving a silhouette of, like, an inverted triangle. Well, that's that by I, design.
2: That's a style choice, though.
0: I But I don't like it. It bothers me. Okay, but it like that's not
2: cheap, though. Like that's a, that's a decision on their part to do okay, that.
0: Okay, well that's not what I'm talking about. Like I'm just I'm saying that it is that I don't like it. That well, that's it, okay. It it doesn't work for me, and it it makes the it makes the animation look wonky because it's like why do they have such broad shoulders and such tiny feet? Yeah. Like I I'm sorry that you've gotten hung up on the word cheap. Like I'll try to not use that anymore. No, it's, it's
2: fine that you but, felt that. Way. About it,
0: like that's that's
1: okay. Like I'm just I'm just making. And to be devil's advocate, like I've seen plenty of anime movies around this time that I found less cheap looking in that specific context. You know, movies like Golgoa Thirteen, just like a secret agent movie, or Devilman Crybaby, the original series. A lot of the, the animation in that, you know, it seems like it was done for the same budget, but it was much more successful in what it could pull off. And I don't want to say that they didn't do enough with the budget they had, because you never know. Animation is fucking hard, like you said. But again, like some of the corners that were cut, it feels like their scope of what they wanted to do exceeded the budget they had.
0: Or maybe the time. Yeah. I think that part of it too is I think they had so many ideas uh, in this sort of going along with what you're saying about scope um, where I think the the story is really messy. Um, I think they just had so many ideas that they wanted to put into this thing. I feel like This is just me speculating, but the amount of stuff that's crammed into, like, this 80-minute anime film feels like enough material for, like, the first season of, like, a long-form anime show, and trying to do all of it in this movie gives the impression of, like... ADhD like it can't focus on what it wants to do it feels like a little child that's being like and then and then the big monster stands up and he throws the the bomb at the at the vampire hunter and then and then and then he goes into the castle and there's a there's a ghost tiger and then and then and then he and then he punches the wall and then the and the ghost tiger dies and then and then and then there's a witch and then the and then <laughs> <laughs> and, and then the floor and then the floor breaks under him and he falls into a cave and then and then there's some snake ladies and these are events that
2: actually happen
1: in yeah, this no. And, and here's the <laughs> thing
2: I, I do want to say I do want to say I disagree a little bit with like the the previous point but here I agree fully with that I personally just found that charming as hell
0: it's kind of funny but also at the same time like I find it I find it a little bit frustrating because I think some of the ideas in and of themselves are really interesting and like you you've been praising like the design concepts of the film and I think rightly so because there's a lot of very cool visual elements here and I think that these ideas are all cool but I would like to have more time with them it's like as soon as they've introduced one thing we're immediately moving on to something else oh no that's very true and, then, yeah. and that, that cool concept that they've introduced is not addressed again like the you, you mentioned the when he first goes into the castle and there's like the hallway that's just like writhing with all this, like, myriad of uh, like monsters and weird creatures that all have these really cool designs. And he just pulls out a shiny stone that like blinds them and walks through. And that's it.
2: Well, and it's like, to be fair, in, in Lord of the Rings, they do the same to get past the statues. <sighs> you know, like they pull out the light of, uh, what's it? Yeah, the like, light
0: of Elendil. The, yeah, the, I,
2: the, like, I, like Like, it's, it's pretty similar. It's pretty similar. Just saying.
0: Yeah, but I mean, when it's, they, they don't do it for the entire movie. Like, it's fine if there are just a couple of things that you breeze past, but... And, and no, that, just, that like, is very true. There isn't another, just, thing yeah, another thing immediately <laughs> after true, it. There's not another thing immediately after it, and then another thing immediately after it. And it's just like, so many times I was watching this movie, I just wanted to, like, scream, like, slow down,
1: please! Yeah, well... Please! <laughs> this This is based on a manga... So it's obvious that the storyline for it was extended over probably like several books. Okay, yeah. so that
2: would make sense, and yeah. And
1: cramming it all into one. And they wanted to hit, like, all the set pieces yeah. and, like,
2: hallmarks of that. No, that's a, that's a great point. And it's very true. It's it's why I also want to defend, like, a, a series that was written a little after this um, and was only recently adapted, which is Blam! Because Blam! had a very similar problem, right? Like, it's a it's a vast... Manga that is very high concept... And heady, in the same sense of like Tolkien Silmarillion, it's like it's so vast in its concepts that like it would be like near near impossible to adapt. But how it was recently adapted is it just picked a small part of that story and mm-hmm. just and just touched on that. Like it's our main character, and he's just much like your Western stories, like he he enters the town, comes across these people. We don't get his backstory. He's just your 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 traveler. And he goes through, helps these people, and then the movie ends. And you know that he has a much longer winding path like throughout the manga but we just get to touch on this one little story and because of it everything is given the attention that it deserves and yeah, needs you've over got two hours
0: compartmentalize yeah and like and
2: if, like that's a great example of like how it was finally adapted and i hope that they adapt it more and you've again, got to pick and cool choose because i
0: feel like in as as like a as like a full like anime series there could be fucking four episodes Dedicated just to D's siege of the castle. No, that no, happens no, like four episodes. That happens like, like midway I'm, through.
2: Like I'm okay. picturing like Bleach that did like the whole like Bounto like arc that lasted like over a season that was just entirely filler. I can see this going the exact opposite direction too. Like there's definitely like a middle ground that you're suggesting that works. I could also see them like spending like four episodes on like the giant dude who threw a rock. D like getting his power levels ready and like all the rest. Well, of Well, and it.
0: see the thing is like the way the way that they move between these things is so clunky like that that
2: is yes. the, giant dude the dude, sequencing dude, is a problem the giant dude why, like, who, I, I the giant dude the who throws
0: the giant dude who throws the, the exploding rock he disappears immediately after that. Like, D just moves on. So like, many this, problems this, with sequencing this, like, of a giant dude. big, giant, <laughs> yeah. colossal beast, like, rises up from behind the castle wall and, like, throws a rock, like, a bomb that, like, explodes. And then it literally just cuts to D, like, walking into a door.
2: Yeah, we don't, like, we don't, we, <laughs> we have we, no idea. I,
0: I, I mean, in fairness, that giant creature comes back later, but, like, why? why wasn't it addressed right then? Cause
2: and then like, yeah, like right, what happened? <laughs> like where where, where right. did he go? And then
0: right after that, he's walking down this hall full of of statues, and one of them turns out to be a ghost panther, and he's just like, aha. A ghost beast, and turns away from it, walks over to the wall, and punches his way through the wall. And as the ghost beast is jumping after him, some rocks fall through it, and it disappears. And then there's just a witch who's like, Aha! You have defeated our ghost jaguar! It's like, what the fuck is happening?
2: What is going on? All of these things... Pros, in my opinion, like like I I love that shit. Like it rules. It's it. You are absolutely right. It is axe cop Cop-esque, right. Like it is like yes. like a, like a five yeah. year old like it a ghost jaguar. What the fuck? Awesome. What I will also say about that because it's like that is like probably the most ideal moment because we have our hero like going through these like strange caverns, encountering weird creatures. Quickly, I had the opportunity growing up to to read the full color prints of Flash Gordon and. I cannot tell you how similar this is. Talking like, to our eighty-year-old listeners, now. I I really am. I know I'm like I there. there probably isn't a single listener like who who, who actually is also, knows who can Flash relate Gordon with is. this. <laughs> so I want or, or yeah yeah or, right probably even that and yeah. like um, I mean I, I, hopefully but anyway um, I barely so, know what Flash so yeah, Gordon is and me, my only knowledge of Flash Gordon comes from you. So okay. yeah, let me let me educate you real quick. All right, like Flash Gordon, real boomer hour. set. Yeah, honestly though, Flash Gordon set like the the precedent for like high science fantasy. You have Buck Rogers before it, but Flash Gordon is what just absolutely elevated the genre, and it is awesome. If you want to have, like, an amazing time, look up, like, some of the the Flash Gordon illustrations. They are so cool and the ideas are so neat and like growing up like flipping through these as a kid and seeing like flash come across um like being like thrown into the chamber of like gator snakes you'd have like these like fins on them and it's just it's like 70s like psychedelic you know, sort of stuff, but like, like well before the seventies, mind you, it influenced like that whole genre and series. And like when when people think of Flash Gordon, they think of like Flash, ah, and how it was adapted. And I would I would kill I would kill to see a modern adaptation of it, like done with like a like a big budget, because there is there are Never so many like happen. wild like Jim Henson esque designs. It's very labyrinth like. There's a whole like underwater book. It's like many series long of him encountering like these really fucking weird like hydra octopus cybernetic creatures you know and he's just like blonde like hero man like fighting them and it rules it's so much fun because like unlike superman which is like ah i'm the ubermensch i shoot my laser eyes at robbers like this guy's fighting like the most fucking weird creatures ever, dude. It's but he's super not fun. fighting
0: all of them in the span of ten minutes. No,
2: dude, he kind of is though. Each panel to the next is another weird, fucking, like crazy psychedelic monster. I take it, and back. the whole thing is like super ray I need to go back through it. I, I that's really what I'm kind of telling myself right now. It's like it's it's time. <laughs> it's time for me to reread some of that shit. But this movie. Hit on so many of those particular points for me, like Roger Dean, Flash Gordon. It does an amazing job of paying homage to that era or those eras of classic pulp science fiction.
1: And I mean, in it, that, I give it, I give it five stars. It doesn't surpass it, any influences it has.
2: N- n- no,
1: it absolutely doesn't. Like, and
2: and that, yeah, like in that respect, in paying homage, five stars. After that. Yeah, we got got problems. We got problems here. And again, the sequencing is a big part. Like the bit where when he's leaving the castle with the big guy again on the bridge, I dare you to tell me what's going on in that scene. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm with you on that. Like, I I am. I'm not not fully, like, going to stand this movie. Like, there, there are a lot of problems. But the things that it hits are so personal to me and so rarely hit upon. They're things that I want more of desperately in movies. I'm over the moon about and I, I was so happy to see and I, I just want to make that I just want to put that down there and out and now we can get back into the the bullshit and all the other things but just god damn please well, yeah, problem, it's so good in that respect there's
0: a lot of cool ideas but it's all just fucking jammed together incoherently
2: and I can see how you would find that frustrating like I, I, uh, I do I do I, I found it charming but I do absolutely see how that would be obnoxious it's
0: like, how many times in this movie is the plot driven forward simply because the vampire hunter refused to kill a monster or vampire when he fully had the opportunity. And then, so they, yeah, they, of but then we get to come see back. it again. And then, and then and then you, yeah, and then they come <laughs> and then they come back and cause more problems. Like this is a plot point that happens multiple times in the movie where the film would have just ended. If he had just killed one of these characters when he had the chance, and I understand it's like, oh well, we gotta have the rest of the movie. Well, then write it better. see because mm-hmm. I like I don't like who's supposed to be like our hardened vampire hunter protagonist who they clarify like vampire hunters are like a very special breed, like highly trained, very specialized killers that you hire for exactly what he's dealing with in this movie and multiple times with the fucking mutant guy who can warp time and space but only uses that ability a couple of times for some reason uh with him with the count's daughter these moments where he has them at his mercy essentially has his sword at their throats and just turns around and walks away for no reason. Like, these are highly villainous characters. The Count's daughter has a weird face turn that doesn't, Makes sense and doesn't really work. We can talk I mean, about
2: that. There was logic applied to it. It's just not great logic. But <laughs> but
0: it's like well, it,
2: the, moon logic. Uh, the 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 time
0: and space mutant guy whose name I've forgotten. Uh, at, at one point, like he kidnaps the damsel in distress's little brother, uh, who is uh, anime Bobby Hill, because um, <laughs> that's the way he talks. Kidnaps anime Bobby Hill, uh, Bobby Coon, and. Uh, <laughs> D goes after him, and the fight ends with him cutting that dude's hand off and could kill him right then and there, but doesn't.
2: So that's actually touched on in the movie. They do make it clear that, like, his philosophy is, like, ending someone, like, after, like, a a fair defeat is cowardly like that is oh, i miss that it, it well they say it they do they do make that clear in the film like well, the, maybe like, that's on he, me but that's he does let them go because he's already like kicked their ass And, like, that's his thing. And that's, like, and I know, I know that, like... It doesn't
0: make sense for a vampire hunter.
2: It It just doesn't, to me. I kind of like that about the character. Like, um, I don't think it's well executed. But I I do want to say that it was explained. Was it well, like, when he just, like, walks past some of these characters? No, you're right. I agree. But they did explain that. Like, they do make that clear. And I like that about his character. I like the idea of a gritty vampire hunter in this neon landscape who has a little bit of compassion. That's nice. That's dynamic. Even is it executed dynamically? No, no, absolutely not. But there's a grain of goodness there.
0: I mean, to speak your language a little bit, uh, sure. I've, I've been I've been reading The Witcher books recently, uh, nice. and I won't I won't linger on this too long. But like Geralt as a character kills monsters for a living, but he very explicitly will not kill what people consider monsters if they're like non-violent or if they're intelligent, if they're sentient or whatever. Right? So he's like, he is the same kind of character as D. He is a monster killer, but with compassion and reason. However, D does not have that kind of code where he only he refuses to kill non-threatening monsters like he just he just straight up will just not kill like menaces. No, it's
2: pure. He doesn't do it so that like they can come back again at some point. Yeah. But me again, I find that super charming because I want them to come back again, and it's dumb, and it's it is not well written, and holding and it that's next, all, to, and that's all my point, and, and holding it, and, and it's it's that's a good, it's a solid point, is. it's a solid point, and like holding it next to Geralt is hilarious to me because Geralt is one of the best written gritty hero protagonists out there i think like he's he is he's like really nicely dynamic for like what his character is Actually, yeah yeah. he's way better than batman like and and so many other of these like grisly detective protagonists really excellent for that gerald also came later but the thing about it not much
0: later than this it's true not much later that's worth noting
2: that is and uh but what i'll say is in this respect like in this setting again like we are set up To see this is like, especially when it was made, it
0: is much less down to earth. The 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 perception around
2: this genre is neon Western, like spaghetti Westerns in particular. The expectation for narrative is not high. There are there are many top notch Westerns from well before and after that have incredible plot lines. I'm not disagreeing with that, but the the expectations on Westerns. To have like a complex narrative or like a well-written narrative are ground level because it's not the purpose that they're they're designed to serve
0: now I- yes but the pro, but where this does not fit that mold is because while the in all caps bold plot is not <laughs> complex is very bare bones much like a western fine There is so much extraneous detail and exposition that is crammed in that doesn't serve that, so it feels convoluted even though the plot is straightforward. They give themselves full license to not do that by having a very basic story. Vampire Hunter is hired to save girl who has been marked by evil 10,000-year-old space vampire that's fine that is straight out of a fucking rad even that is that is straight up out of as you say a spaghetti western or you know if we're tracing those roots out of like a kurosawa film but then when you start adding all of this extra bullshit (laughs) that doesn't (laughs) that just makes everything more confusing when it doesn't need to be, that's where I find it frustrating. Because it's like... You don't have to do this. Yeah. You don't have to do this. See, I think, like, I think the because it's simple
2: is not convoluted. I think it because it's simple, I'm willing to give it like more of a break for being mega weird and convoluted. Like, like, and and abstract like, and like poorly done. Like I'm I'm willing to give it like more of a break because like it it, it is already like so simple, like plot-wise. I give him a pass. I let him get I, away with I it.
1: I have a general principle for a camp like that. I have a problem when campy movies Get too far into exposition because that's not what I'm here for with a campy movie. Ultimately, I don't want them to give me long monologues about how there's quirks with half vampire, half humans and uh, go into the rich details of that. I don't fucking the need Dom to know Peers. that. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to see more stupid fights and kooky characters. And there's a lot of that in this movie. I'll give it credit for that. Like one character that we really haven't talked about much is a... Uh, D's uh talking hand.
0: I was just about to bring that up because that's oh such God, a good yeah. example of something that has zero significance to the actual plot and is just bullshit. It's but never at the same, explained. But at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, it is, that, like, it is like the one detail that I'm willing to forgive because it's so nonsensical <laughs> that I I find it really amusing. It's can awesome. I, uh, it's great, man. Can I ask
1: the question you asked during the movie? Uh, oh yeah, sure. <laughs> do you think? Uh, uh, D uses the hand to suck his own dick. <laughs> Gives a little self-suck action. Vampire hunter's dick-sucking hand. That's what the D stands for. The,
0: that hand, that that thing is introduced so weirdly, because, like, it talks to him, but the first time we see that is, like, he's at uh, Doris's house, or whatever her name is, and he, like, takes her father's sword down off the wall, and he, like, unsheathes it a little bit, and right at that moment, we hear like this disembodied voice, and I was like, "Wait, is there like a is his sword
2: sentient or something?" Dude, I thought that was I thought that was really cool. Like I thought I there was a cool bait and switch.
0: If, oh, I if, don't think it was intended as a bait-and-switch. I do. I don't think I, so. I absolutely
2: do. I think it's really clear. Like, they, like he pulls out the sword, it opens up, and you hear the voice. And they're making you think, like, oh, it's like a talking sword. Which, which like, enchanted talking swords and stuff are, like, are, are kind of a fantasy I was staple. Willing,
0: I was willing so, to accept that, but when it's just revealed that he takes off a glove later and just has a little face on which his hand. is
2: fucking wild and it's such a trip to be like oh my god it's not a talking sword it's a talking hand what like that's fine well, I, and I think he, that was great
0: here's the, here's the reason why i don't think it was intentional because it didn't happen when it was his sword it was her father's sword that he took down off the wall and it spoke and and the voice speaks to him like knowing him being like, oh, I, I, uh, are you still troubled by the, the events of the past or whatever? You know, some bullshit like that. It's like, why is her sword speaking to him like it mm-hmm. knows him?
2: Well, my thought during the scene was like, OK, maybe she, he has some sort of like connection, you know, like with the father or something that we don't know. Because he's like at this point, he's a very silent protagonist. Like he, his backstory is unknown. And, you know, there's that thought. That, oh, yeah, maybe he has something to do with that.
0: It did not read as such to me, but I'm willing to agree to disagree on that. Sure. Um, I do think that, uh, that the, little, the, the little face in his hand...
2: Oh, it's dumb. Yes. So, so it's, dumb. So it's so dumb. I love it.
0: And it's never explained. Yeah. It's never even acknowledged that it's, like, a weird thing. It's like he just has it. And also, it doesn't do anything it eats
2: dirt at one point
0: (laughs) yes at one point yes it eats three handfuls of mouthfuls of dirt i mean handfuls (laughs) yeah to
2: try to to try to Get the energy to Chandra suck up the monster. To
0: suck up a spooky But it doesn't red have the mist. energy.
2: Yeah, it doesn't have the energy, so it needs D to wake up. To
0: so eat. it just slaps D around a few times and then he cuts the mist in half. Hell and yeah.
1: This is what like I mean about hero. camp. You know, it's Stuff like this that I really love and appreciate in this movie. I don't want them to go into detailed explanations of the hand or anything else. They don't (laughs) don't explain it, but I was not asking for them to. And I wish more of the movie was like that. I wish less exposition was dropped in there to interrupt the batshit aspect of it. Mm
2: -hmm. Speaking of things dropping in and moving around (laughs) and fighting and whatnot, uh, another animation point i want to touch on um that i think uh, a lot of other anime down the road left behind that should be that i mean has actually recently been readapted is the really colorful action movement backdrops in this loved that. I will I
0: forgot to bring that up earlier, but that is my my biggest caveat on the, what I will I guess call unsatisfying animation for me, the fully dynamic moving backgrounds during the action shots. Great. they're so like 70s like the
2: the color palettes rich like teals and pinks uh like pulled designs they look like sweaters from the 80s and they're they're so cool like i i love i love the palette and up through like the 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 mid-2000s to now like so many of those like shonen jumpy anime they just do like a colored backdrop with like moving lines and it's after seeing this it just strikes me as so fucking that strikes me as cheap and lazy you know like like just having our characters like talking with just like the moving lines behind that's just like two or like six like alternating frames yeah um whereas like yeah this is just just these vivid colors and it's so cool but it has recently been readapted by actually something that was also a manga from around the same time that's jojo's bizarre adventure jojo's bizarre adventure has has brought that back in a big way, and look at, like, the, the following mm-hmm. it's gained, to to an obnoxious fan degree. Like, like JoJo has a lot of really shitty fans, but I do love that that's, like, that is getting, like, another movement, again. Like, that that style. Because, like, that rich stylized action. Because it's so cool. Like, it, uh, whenever it, like, it goes into, like, abstraction. It's gorgeous. I was happy to, like, sit back and let you talk about that. That's
0: yeah, I, I will say I, I do very much appreciate those. Um, that is a, a very nice touch. I don't always like what's happening in front of those <laughs> <laughs> of those dynamic backgrounds. Fair. I fair. don't always love that, uh, but that is a, a very nice touch, and I, I think it does uh, help uh, <laughs> make the action uh, a little more fun. Um, while we're on the subject of the action, I will say I think, and this is kind of a continuation of just like them trying to cram everything into one and not sitting on stuff long enough, a big part of that is that none of the fight sequences feel like they particularly have stakes to me because they're so short.
2: <laughs> stakes, it's a vampire movie. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> uh,
0: and a lot of the uh, voice actors are just, I don't think, putting very much into it. They don't They don't seem... I think if that helps the, the fights not have stakes. But it's like everything happens so quickly That it's like, we're always moving on to something else that it got to a point where like, I was getting adjusted to that rhythm, that pacing. And it's like a fight scene was starting. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure this will be over in 30 seconds and we'll be on to something else. And sure enough, like even the final fight scene lasts like a minute the final climactic fight between the 10,000-year-old count and and d is reduced to what almost feels like an afterthought and and i think that that is just it just makes so much of the movie so anticlimactic like i was i was waiting for a really big like release you know something that that felt like the rest of the movie was building up to it. and i don't f- I don't feel like it ever got there. I don't know how you guys feel about
2: that. No, no, i I, I agree. like the the final like fight between D and the vampire villain like i I would have I would have liked a little more out of that. I, I agree. I like the ending past that though like him like wandering off into the sunset like with them like oh, yeah, calling well, to him from the mountainside. They've got
0: five minutes for that scene. Yeah. <laughs> like, they've got They've got five minutes for very long shots of him riding his horse through uh, various wilderness locations. I wouldn't have it any other way um,
2: I, I, when it comes to I that. I mean
0: sure it looks nice but it's like it feels like an undeserved denouement you know if there was like an actually climactic fight scene before that then it would have been like all right now as the film is winding down we have some time to to relax and just see d riding off you know for a while to to his other adventures you know the long shots and the long sequences mm-hmm. give a sense of distance he's traveling far and wide but it's like <laughs> it, it <laughs> it's, checks it's like five it's five times longer than the actual <laughs> final fight scene i would have been okay
2: with it like if there had just been like one big, like really effective shot, an anime to follow. Like you, you felt well, like it felt, like, it like, felt the- like
0: anime credits to me. Okay, like they yeah. it's it's the kind of stuff that mm-hmm. you in a in a modern anime television show you would see as the credits with sure. some Japanese pop song, you know, <laughs> over the top of it. Where it's like we're seeing D like riding through a field Thank God it doesn't with have like the, the, the sun though, with like the sun, it. sun setting in the background as like the credits roll and you know, some so pop song plays. Like that's what it feels like. But the credits are not rolling over it. You what, know? What,
2: what I'll say is, I, I again, I, I really appreciate. It. I think like the Day no Mom missing is what was really needed. I, I think that that sequence after is great, but it does check all of the boxes. Like we do get like a final confrontation with the villain. He's got all the people around him. He's doing his fucked up marriage ceremony that like our, our uh, princess has to be saved from you know kind of scenario. But even if it was stereotypical, like like afterwards we see so many of the sequences where the villain is like, this is impossible, ah, like, right. like well you know. D- should have had to
0: fight his way through all of those minions to get to the count and then there should have been a moment where it looked like the count was going to like easily defeat him and then and it's like we kind of have that but it's all it's all crammed Mm. in to such a short span of time with like uh he throws d around with his telekinesis for a few seconds and then it's like what D is resistant to his powers oh my god it's actually because like and, and it's hey I like that
2: revelation I think it's, it's, it's cute it's like... literal
0: like D throws his sword and like pins the count to the wall and we've got like him looking back and forth between a picture a, a portrait of Dracula and D and realizing oh my god they look the same he's actually the pure blood ancestor of Dracula that's what the D stands for and then he dies. It's like (laughs) it's it it, like there's there's no it's it's fine that that revelation, like, ends that, but there needs to actually be, like, a fight. There needs to be a struggle. It's like they each do one thing to each other. The Count throws D yeah. around with telekinesis. Not enough back and forth. D pins him to the wall with his sword. That's all that happens. There's no back and forth. There's no grand, dramatic conflict. Like, this vampire is supposed to be, like, the, one of the most powerful beings on Earth. Like, he's 10,000 years old. Like, he's basically a god, right? And his attempt to kill D is half-hearted, and then D half-heartedly kills him back. And then to have the audacity to do... The audacity to do... To do five minutes of D (laughs) riding through a field after that, like, it would feel earned. It would feel earned if there was actually a climax to the movie. Mm. It would feel earned. But it doesn't. It's like... It's like, yeah, we're gonna give you this this long ass shit after nothing happened.
1: See, I think they should have put credits over it, and I think they oh, should have no. had like I a agree. Japanese no. power metal song. I over agree. It. They should have no. done the anime credits. Honestly, they should have the no. scored this whole thing just with a, just a bigger All effect, data mom, Japanese it's power metal. No,
2: yes. that well, would have yes. ruined. Okay, the whole the rest of it, yes, but like this, the ending. I thought, like, with him riding off on the horse, I thought that 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 part in a vacuum is fine. Like it It's very classic and it's nice like i I liked that it, it's the danama beforehand that's the problem. The big climax like it wasn't you know we didn't get the big cummies that we wanted, but like the the ending that part is great like that that's fine. Let it be classic. I'm okay with it it's too long well, it feels
0: like it feels like it jerked me off almost to completion and then patted itself on the back after I didn't come. oh wow, you know right. like, hey, that's,
1: <laughs> just gives you blue balls right and exactly and it's like if you maybe
0: if you had actually fucking done your job. Then you know I'd let you congratulate yourself. Well, speaking
2: speaking of uh, getting off, speaking of uh, how being weirdly like horny, this movie how is. horny this film is. Uh, I I wouldn't. I mean, considering the subject, you matter, know I wouldn't say weirdly as soon as I or said weirdly I'm like, this is a this is an
0: anime. Yeah, well, not, it, it, that's not now, accurate. while, it,
2: while it does while it does come with the territory, why why don't we just touch on that? Uh, let's let's take that point you made way way earlier in the <laughs> podcast, Ben, off the back burner. And uh, since you're the one to originally bring
1: it up, why don't why don't you? Yeah, uh, well, you take off? Uh, Doris. The the damsel in distress character is wearing, the Doris in distress. I bear, I hesitate to call it a dress because it doesn't even go below her. It's uh, a fabric hips. belt. It's it a is, it's a belt of fabric. Yeah. It's it rough, is man.
0: a it is a slightly longer than average t shirt cinched by a belt. <laughs> yes, and because I say t shirt because it does not fully cover her undergarments by any means.
1: And I don't think she's supposed to be an adult in this movie necessarily her
0: age is not specified but she is a young woman for sure she has a a child brother so she's uh she's definitely not that old
2: yeah i really want to touch on that like it's a problem in anime and this film is like definitely at the root of it and i really hate how many other films after this like also did the same thing and continue to because like even like in the manga too like akira is guilty of it our damsel in distress character like she she's kind of set up to be like fifteen. Like let's be real about that. Like like that's that's the age that she's supposed to be in this, and it's fucked up. Come the fuck on, you know. Like I don't care when this it's was never made. Explicitly, fuck you.
0: It's never explicitly like stated, it's But yeah, she's she's a teenager. Most. And I mean, likely. like yeah, uh,
1: pedophile noble. That makes sense. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. The like, villain for yeah. the villain.
2: But why are like we as the viewer like primed to get all the upskirt shots? That's what's not all right. Well, yep. She, exactly. She
0: offers she offers herself to D as payment for saving her. No, I will say... She's like, you can do whatever you want with my body or whatever. It's like, I don't need that.
2: No, I don't need it either. I do think that, like, characterization-wise, as, like, ugh as that is, there is something there it shows her desperation she doesn't have
0: anything to offer on so she's paper willing to yeah. offer herself
2: yeah sure. like like on paper it's like it shows how desperate the character is and it's effective and powerful the and problem D doesn't
0: is, take her up on it yeah thankfully the, the
2: thing that like makes it feel skeezy is again like that us as the viewer are also primed to like you know like be drawn to this character and that's what's that's what that's the problem if the character wasn't like that and she like and if she was um you know, less like sexualized, like by the camera, then I would I'd applaud that. Like, I I'd think that like that's that that like is it's effective and like it, it does. It makes you go like, oh, that's that's horrible because it is it's a horrible scenario to be in. Um, but, but, but later, we can't, we can't have that. We can't have that at all. And but yeah, then later, yeah, somebody year old. Yeah. It's a problem. Well, well, I mean, again, like, like even like as a 15 year old, like that, that, that makes you go like, oh no, like that it's terrible that she's in that desperate of a situation like that. That's fine. But again, the camera and like the execution does not allow that at well, all. Well, yeah, because later somebody rips off her
0: crucifix
2: Beforehand, actually, with the wolf.
0: Uh, no, it happens twice. Though it happens oh, the first time yeah, with the right. wolf, but the and and that's rel, You know that allows the the creepy pedophile count to like bite her and mark her or whatever. Okay, sure. But later, somebody the the doctor who has been turned into a vampire or is evil or whatever. Oh yeah. Rips off her crucifix. That part sucks. It also rips her dress and and pops out one of her titties too. Mm-hmm. And that is that is where it's
2: like it's just ex- exploitation
0: completely. It yeah. has like they could have just as easily not done that. It didn't add anything to the scene except making me feel uh, uncomfortable. Yeah, because. It's just like, oh, the woman is in a vulnerable position, so then she has to also be rendered nude. And I hate and too, like, it too, because like,
2: like we we're set up like with the opening scene with this character being competent as hell. She yeah, like, she
0: like fights a like a yeah, a, she's out foraging a, a dinosaur horse or at the very. It's beginning. so cool. I yeah. love that
2: opening sequence again, minus the upskirts, like um, which is all the time. And there's multiple like her, of them. Yeah her, yeah, her skirt is just like like at any angle. I don't care if it's like looking down, like any yeah. angle. We we can like. Yeah, yeah, her like, ass like, is out, is out and yeah. like it sucks, man. But like the rest, like like her character wise, like at the beginning there, I love it. Like she's shown, she's shown to be competent with her like cool, like laser whip and stuff. Like, it's neat. And, uh, yeah,
0: she's been taking care of then herself later, just, and her brother, but she has to hire right, D it, because she's it, as she, soon as D she, is she, introduced, yeah. like she just
2: becomes a damsel in distress and becomes useless. Well, that's
0: the thing is, like it, it, m- it makes sense for her to have to hire D because she's confronted with a force that she's not equipped to deal with. Like mm-hmm. she's competent, but she can't fight this ten thousand year old vampire noble, right? Like he's much too powerful, so she has to hire D. But then she not only does she become a damsel in distress, but but she also falls in love with D for no reason other than movie-requires-love-interest character. You know what I mean? D doesn't reciprocate. Like, the film does not end up with them being together, thank God. But, like, so much of the movie revolves around her, once again, like you mentioned... Now, just being nothing more than the damsel in distress and also being like, oh, I love D so much. I wish he would uh, be with me. You know, it's like, why don't we don't fucking need that shit?
2: We really don't. Yeah, that is very true. Now, one other character point that I wanted to mention again is the mayor's son, because holy fuck, that character (laughs) rules. Um, he, He rules so much. Uh, I love, I, I love how campy he is. Yeah. 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 I do hate how he's, he's kind of, once again, like kind of rapey, uh, like that, that that's a hot bummer when he's, he's such a fun character apart from that with all the foghorn leghorn. I mean,
0: a villain being rapey, it's like, you know, it's not the territory, but it's not necessary, necessary but it comes with the territory. We're not supposed to like him. He's supposed to be unlikable. So I don't mind him having unlikable qualities, but you know, as you say, like, not every villain also needs to be a rapist, you know? Um, but that character is, uh, one of the only. V- vocal and performance, voice performances in the movie that I really, really like. Uh, because as we've mentioned a couple of times, he is doing his best foghorn leghorn impression. Um it's not great, but he's definitely capturing the ethos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh and and that makes him really fun. I wish he was used utilized a little bit more. Um we do have the great plot point of him uh spying on uh, the vampires' minions and uh, stealing their... What's it called? Time-Bewitching Incense. Yeah, and which it's is just ju- a candle. It's just a candle, and it doesn't actually do anything time-related. It just shines real bright, and vampires are like, ooh. Okay, I brought this no. up during the movie. I
2: brought this up during the movie. Like, and it's
0: not going to make any more uh, sense now than it did. No, it doesn't, ahead.
2: but I personally, again, I love being given the space to apply my own moon logic to something like this. Because you can say, right, you, you can look at this, and, and it's very it's very Star Trek fan-esque, like, it's, it's very goofy, I, I get that, but still, I, I, I gain a lot of joy from that, that. looking at like, a sequence like this and saying, oh, yeah, okay, it's a time-bewitching candle, right? Mm-hmm. Vampires are immortal, so they are already bewitched by time. So this is something that, like, reverses that process or counters that process cool that's a neat idea that's fun and though some warlock somewhere made it with a neat backstory that we don't have to know about
0: yeah but you had to pull that entirely out of your ass there's nothing in the film that suggests that and I love
2: movies that let me do that that's what I'm saying is I get to I get to explore and play in their sandbox that they've given me they don't introduce it all for me I get to just like go to town and play like 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 in Jim Henson's The Labyrinth right we come across like a weird character or whatever that's just accepted and I get to give it that backstory I get to have fun with it as the viewer and th- I, I, I I hate I hate, I know. hate that like movies always need to have everything laid out clearly for you. It's fun to get that kind of weirdness. Uh, I mean and I abstraction. agree, that's I agree not with explained. you.
0: I agree with you in principle, but if you're introducing a magical artifact that is a relatively significant like plot device in the film, as in that it uh, it directly affects numerous scenes, you have to establish some rules for it, right? Yeah, like, I'm sure it's you, established in the manga. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. But it's like, they, they, they name it multiple times. There was like, oh, the Time-Bewitching Incense. He has the Time-Bewitching Incense. I have the Time-Bewitching Incense. But it's like, all we see it do is, like I said, it shines really bright, and vampires are like, ow! Ooh, I'm weak now, because it shines so bright. It's like, okay. But what is it? <laughs> what is this magical artifact It's the time bewitching incense. It's the time bewitching incense. I'm maybe I'm asking too much. I'm asking maybe I'm asking too much from this movie. <sighs> I, th- I mean, I, I think that we've We've hit all the points. We've yeah. rambled about this. Are you all ready to rate? Yeah, I most of so. us. Uh Cleveland, this was your decision, so do the honors of uh of starting <sighs> us off.
2: If if it wasn't for the sound design and the rough like exploitation Bits, I'd give it a strong four, but I'm gonna have to go the 3.5. It's a really strong 3.5. I don't know. It is. It is hard, and it's a 3.5 that I'm going to be watching again. I, I just again, I, I, I need more of this. I'm definitely going to watch the others. Uh, I'm yeah, definitely going to watch Bloodlust now
0: and a short-lived anime series in the early to mid 2000s yeah and like
1: i've an seen over. the the sequel and it's basically a remake i mean oh yeah obviously a soft remake or good. whatever good yeah well but just going to a different vampire town sounds way dope. better and i would implore our listeners to watch that one instead of this well one. maybe we'll cover that one at some point um, <laughs> hey <laughs> um but yeah i'll just stick a rating on the back end of that just watch the remake i grew up with that one that one's great this one, it almost feels like the 50s thing to the 80s thing. You know, the, the quality is so apparently better in the sequel than it is in the original. And this original, uh, in this case, shows its age very poorly, I think. I think there's some fun elements of it. But overall, I found it kind of exhausting, even for the runtime it had. It was kind of a bummer. I, I would give it a two and a half out of five.
0: Yeah, I, I'm going to touch briefly on on something you said there, Ben, that uh, it, it feels to me much longer than it is. Um, I, I remember we had to pause at some point while we were watching, and I don't remember why. But I was shocked to see that we were only 40 minutes in at that time when I thought that we were certainly at least at the hour mark. Um, I also found it kind of exhausting and frustrating. Uh, I think that the the design concepts are cool, but man, uh, they didn't have either enough confidence in those ideas or enough behind them to flesh them out in a meaningful way. Um, yeah, this is going to be a, uh, a 2 out of 5 for me. Um, I'm not super enthusiastic to see it again, but... That will give Vampire Hunter D, or Vampire Hunter Dracula, <laughs>
1: or <a> Dick Sucking hand. <laughs>
0: <dick-sucking> hand, whichever <laughs> you prefer, uh, an average of 2.7 out of 5 pods. Moving on to next week, Ben, it's your choice, what are we watching?
1: Okay, so I have been digging around at new movie releases lately, and I found uh, what I think might be a gem. I saw the trailer, and I found it, very atmospheric and very unique and interesting and i feel like it would be very much up our wheelhouse it's a movie called sader um Ooh, it got a, I've heard about a tiny release um kind of has been going under the radar for the most part but i saw the trailer and i was super impressed And I'm super excited to talk about it. Cool.
0: I think I've seen little whisperings about that movie here and there on Twitter. So uh, I'm excited to check that out. Cleveland, who is giving us money for the podcast this week?
2: Are you tired of being respected? Yes. Are you tired of being portrayed as strong and powerful and not being a man? Yes. Yes. Are you are you tired of uh, uh, only being uh, 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 a woke branded? Uh, oh god, I can't even get it out. Ironically, uh, virtue signaling character will fear no longer because now with skirt belt you don't have to worry about that anymore. Skirt belt always uh, be looking up <laughs> <laughs> on the bright side.
0: Skirt belt. For the ones below the glass ceiling. <laughs>
1: awesome. <laughs> All,
0: right. All right. That'll bring us to the end of this week's episode. If you like the show... Then please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five star rating and a couple of words of what you like about the show. Uh, that would be uh, very helpful to us. Be great, and thank would you. We would appreciate it um, very much. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at PodPeoplePod and at Letterbox slash PodPeoplePod, where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those episodes. You can follow me on Twitter at some snake.
1: I'm on Twitter at Mr. Sheets, and I'm occasionally tweeting for Light
2: Studio as We put out progress on it. Stares back. You know the drill. And also, as I uh, uh, wrongfully uh, uh, boosted uh, at the beginning of this podcast, deal with it. Um, uh, you can check out the DreadX Collection: The Hunt, and I strongly suggest you too because it is full of banger indie titles from really fucking awesome devs uh you're you're gonna have a fucking blast like seriously it, it's only like 10 bucks it's on sale it should still be on sale at this time um and even if not it is like each one of those games on its own is worth that price like it is it is such a fucking steal go check it out directs collection the hunt if you like the thing and if you're listening to this podcast i mean you 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 do right like i hope so how do you how do you not um uh if you like the thing it's uh the the metagame is set on an arctic base it's awesome. And you then you explore the files, which are these other indie titles as well. We're given a lot of time on this one, so they're really polished, clean, clean games, and I'm just super proud of it. And God, you'll you'll believe it when you see it. So go go check out go check out the hunt.
0: Alright. Well, thank you as always for listening. And if there's one thing you take away from this episode, I hope it's that if you are ever accosted by a ghost jaguar you can just punch your way through a wall and I'll be taken care of it's that easy